A killer caught. After calming Hank White from his rampage, the lawyer revealed that the backstage killer broke Christine out of the 12th precinct, killing five cops on the way out. While Sam took Frank to the hole in the wall for the start of the work night, Oakland and Hoyt journeyed back to the Erickson Opera House, where the killer held Christine. The backstage killer was revealed to be Felix Melkin, a former co-worker of Christine's who grew obsessed and slaughtered all those he blamed for ruining her career in opera. To make sure he never harmed anyone else, Christine used her magical voice to place Felix in a frozen state. It's time to return Christine to where she belongs, but an important detail lingers in the air. Christine saw Felix perish outside the opera house long ago, so how is he alive? Let's find out! Sam, what's business like? Well, it's kind of weird because there's a child in the back, you know. He has probably ended up sneaking up to the front and stealing some alcohol. I actually think he is sitting at the bar talking to the twin bartenders, Dorcas and Remus. They're both skinny ginger Irish men. And the only way you can tell the difference between those two is that one of them that you think is Remus wears glasses. But you feel like you've seen them switch who's wearing glasses. Like, you've seen one of them take off the glasses and give them to the brother, so you can't be sure. But, like, they're just chatting with Frank. And, like, Frank, like, takes his uh, grass, like, puts it on the table and shows it off. Dorks and Remus seem to approve. <laughs> uh, what are you doing right now? I think maybe uh, an hour or two has passed since you got there. So... I could be interesting. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you Hi. doing? Okay, so where where are where is the city of Mist? Like um, by the, it's by the Canadian border. There's a river that goes through the city. Um you you do interact with the border, like what the border is like one of the things in your tags. You have like a relationship with yeah, them. Yeah, I'm able to And I think there's even some mountains nearby. But yeah, that's kinda of where the city is. Okay. So since it's been two hours, I think that I got uh, leave it bored and speakeasy, and I told Frank to entertain himself with I don't whatever, know, something I whatever. Like, oh, but he's at the yeah, but I originally placed him in my room. Oh, okay. So I told him to entertain himself in my room with something, and then obviously didn't do that. Anyway. And I think you took your purse as you left, <laughs> like. Mom is gonna go get her some alcohol. Exactly. to get alcohol for the bar. <laughs> anyway, so I head over to the Canadian border and I go to get some whiskey for the bar. And um, brushing aside uh, the scene of getting it and getting it through the city, we, as Frank is talking to the twins, we see you. Um, pushing in this like big crate on like one of those wheelie cart things. See, like a, a big unmarked crate into the speakeasy. Like a dolly? Yeah. Okay. Like a dolly. You're just pushing a big crate in. And one of the twins, uh, like kind of raises his arm and cheers and then like juts his hand to the back where you can, where I assume you guys like store all your excess stuff. All right. So yeah, um, what does the storeroom at the hole in the wall look like? I feel like that is where people go when they want to have some privacy for some extracurriculars. And so oh yeah, you've called people having sex in there. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say extracurricular. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a euphemism? It was a euphemism. <laughs> but I didn't want to blatantly say sex. <laughs> Okay, yes. I'll, I might have to play the word sex. I don't know if I can. I'm you! Are you mad that I'm saying this? Yes! <laughs> you are not allowed to curse at me! Okay. Yes, it is! Did you have I said so? No. <laughs> well, at least she's not saying like. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine. 
No. No. Okay. The first word is a bad word. I just don't bad word, but it's so weird to hear Emmy say it. Okay. Yes. The storeroom is where people go to have sex. She walks and comes with a broom. She's like, hey, get out of here. Except uh-huh. this couple can face the walls. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> he just walked through me. <laughs> I'm putting it on. I feel violated. Violated. Very, very violated. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's supposed to be a nice and orderly room, but sometimes it gets a little bit messy. Um, I think this time we find random articles of clothing in there sometimes. <laughs> yes, all the time. I yeah. think this time that there's just a bottle of um, rum broken on the floor. Yeah. Um. So I notice that, and I yell back to whoever it is to guarding the door. Don't let them leave until they pay for a full bottle of rum. Got it. Do you clean it up? Yeah, of course. Okay. So I imagine, like, is this like a, a room of crates or a room of, like, the alcohol is nicely stacked? It's nicely stacked. Nice and pretty on shelves. Okay. So, like, you clean up the rum and you start uh, organizing the whiskey. I feel like it's a store. Like, when I say store, I mean, like, if you go to like, Walmart going to buy alcohol, that's what it looks like. I mean, I don't think they have, like, the nice like, refrigerators, but, like... No, but look, just, like, that's how I imagine. Kind of like that. Like it's on the racks for yeah. Joe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I imagine, too. On oh. display, that's on the display. word. Big yeah. words. Yeah, that way when people go into the back to have sex, <laughs> they get to see our pretty alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> it's romantic. <laughs> yes, having sex in the back of the TV is so romantic. I think as you are putting away your new shipment of whiskey, you sense someone watching you from the doorway, and you turn around, and it is your boss, Helena Adimari. Oh, uh, Miss Adimari, I didn't realize you were there. Helena Adimari is the definition of a dame. She is, she, her hair is curled and very pretty, she looks like the star film noir. She has a pretty, I kind of want to say green dress and a nice full face of makeup and bright lipstick. She doesn't look like she should be a boss. She looks more like some, like some random lady that someone might flirt with. But you know from experience that she is definitely a boss. So, like, she doesn't look like the boss. She looks like the boss's wife. Yes. Okay. But she is the boss. Who has a wife? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, That would be epic. That would be all right. <laughs> I can just imagine her making some smart comment. Just like, oh, of course you didn't notice me. <laughs> Have you seen Oakland? He's supposed to be on shift. Oh, yeah. Um, well, he doesn't listen to me. And so he went to find Christine. She raises an eyebrow. Something happened to Christine. I was wondering why she wasn't here. Uh, what do you know? Um, and before you have to say anything, you hear Frank shout, Oakland, you're back! We cut over to the entrance and we see uh, you, Oakland, and Hank and Christine emerge into the speakeasy. Hank looks mildly uncomfortable, but um, Christine seems to relax a bit. Uh-huh. Speak of the devil and they shall appear. Yeah, you just, like, drop into the door where you like, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Oakland? I'm going to take a quick glance back at Christine and make sure she's all right. And then I'm going to head to the bar with her. Okay. When you look back at her, she chuckles a little bit. She's, like, Wipes off her smeared makeup as best she can. She looks tired, but she looks just slightly better. And she gives a little bit of a chuckle and says, Well, now I think I may be a one criminal. Hank pipes in. You may not have wanted to escape, but after the mess that happened at the 12th precinct, 
I doubt they're going to let you off easy if they know that you're out and about. It might be best for you to keep seems in pain saying this. Lay low for a while. Uh, Christine sighs again and pats you on the shoulder. Oh, and I have begun to have some explaining to do to the boss lady if she doesn't already know. She squeezes your arm a little bit and she walks through the speakeasy towards the back door, passing by you, Sam. And uh, you see her make eye contact with Helena down the hall. The two give each other like a silent look over. And then Helena says, in my office. And Christine follows her down the hall to a door at the very end. What now? I told you, not all time is bad. He seems to want to say something, but then he stops himself and he looks at Oakland. And I think uh, the two of you shared like a I won't tell if you won't tell moment. Like he said, he's like heard about you on the streets. And I think as you were like hanging out with him, he remember hearing your own rumors of a man enveloped in the sun rescuing a few people over in the blue collar residential district. So like you guys share a little bit of a look. Our lips are sealed, you know. I'm gonna have some files to fill out tonight. Mr. Jackson, he like holds out his hand. For you to shake. I give him a nod as I shake his hand. As he turns around, he like shoots Sam a glare before it passes through the wall. It was always my dream to be hated by a lawyer. Frank has popped off, off of his bar stool at this point and is by you, Oakland. So what happened? Did, did you find it? We sorted it all out, kid. It's fine now. He um grins and was like, did it that way? Actually, I can ask you what your ideas currently are about Frank. What's what's on your mind about him at this point? Where do I put him? He can't just stay at the bar. We could always keep him. You could always keep him. But we'd have to get him into school. We're both criminals. <laughs> I mean, we have you to create completely new identities just to get this kid into school. They don't which we know. could probably do since we're part of the mafia. They don't know that we're criminals. Do you have a coat? Do your pants have pockets? Um, I would assume so, I think. Uh, Oakland wears more like jeans. I, I don't know if there's jeans in the 20s, but like, whatever, pants have pockets. Whatever the common pants are. Yeah. I think as you're thinking about what to do with Frank, you put your hands in your pockets and you feel something in your pocket. It feels like a business card, but it's not the pocket that you had uh, Shepard write and Deva's business card in. Do you look at it? Yes. <laughs> of course. I'm going to pull it out. There is uh, a little drawing of a life preserver on it. And I don't know if it should be handwritten text or typed text. I kind of want to say handwritten. It says, the preserver of life. And in smaller text below that, it says, don't pull us, we'll call you. wonder where you got that from. It must have just teleported into my pocket, man. Honestly, somebody probably just, like, put it in your pocket and you didn't even notice. It teleported into my pocket. Magic! Magic! Whatever you say. Ma- we-, <laughs> we literally <laughs> live in a world that is magic. Okay, but, like, I feel like somebody can reverse pickpocket you and you would not notice. Me, yes. Oakland, no. I feel like someone could reverse pickpocket Oakland and they probably wouldn't notice. Oakland would notice. Whatever. I think, um, I think that's you're looking at the car trying to get to the gambling machines. To, like, also get, like, the, like, the poker table. Is that the real poker table? It's like looking that's around. Fine. The kid can play poker if he wants that, to. No, that's illegal! <laughs> hey, so that that is illegal! Uh, so? Why can't he play poker? He's just playing he's a game. He's going to gamble all of your money away. You're the one who said that's the money. You. Well, that's different. Where do you draw the line? Apparently, at gambling. <laughs> the line is very erratic. <laughs> It's a curve. What's the thing with the the third degree? It's a third degree polynomial. Okay. So there's like one line that it never crossed, like a couple lines it never crosses, I think. I don't know. 
whatever it's like. I can't remember what third degree it like this. Yeah, whatever. It, that's what it looks like. Anyway, not gambling. You're going to lose all your money. He's watching them gamble. He's, He's not lose even trying. Money. Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm staring right at him. There's a guy that like shows him his cards and like Frank points at an option, and the guy kind of like nods and then like does a poker move. I don't know what poker he does is a like. poker move, and neither do I. She raises by ten. <laughs> sure, he raises by ten. That's not and bad, like, like and like Frank kind of smiles and he like goes over and he grabs a chair from like an empty table and drags it over and like sits by the guy. So now he's just like watching this guy play poker and the guy's just like, okay, there's a child here. See, now he's going to lose all that guy's money. <laughs> well, that's that guy's fault for listening to a 12-year-old. A very... Okay. Our messenger man is a 12-year-old. He only looks 12. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> now I get your point. Wait, your point. Okay. Is it? Very Technically, it is, but um, we're doing a bit of extra stuff. Yes, because a child. We have a child. We have a child. You have a child. Child. I also take partial responsibility for for some reason, even though he doesn't trust me. We have a child. We have a child. We have a child. You don't even trust me. We. (laughs) You're like he's a strange, like he's a strange parent. Like, you know, my dad went to go by mouth, but he never came back, and I still love him. <laughs> 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 I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's exactly the opposite for me. My dad never went and got milk. And you wish he did. <laughs> you wish he did. Sometimes. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, you're talking about your real situation, aren't you? Oh, I mean, my real situation. Yes, I meant. I know. Oh, this is getting deep. Anyway. <laughs> no. You have a child. He is yours. You are the one who decided to him. Your child. He's our Did child. Did I birth this child? Did I? Well, you chose this child. You adopted him. Oh, Jefferson. You see Christine step out from the uh, back halls. She seems to have gotten herself cleaned up. She's wearing a different dress now. It's uh, more of a modest one. It's not a party, a party one. It's more just a casual dress for the time period. And her face is cleaned up. Uh, it doesn't have any makeup on it, but it's, you know, not a mask and her hair is combed out a bit more. Miss Avinari would like to see you. Oh dear. Are you ready? I give a nod and I start to head back. Okay. You make the long walk down the dark hallway towards the boss's office. It's like the, slight, the door is slightly open so you can see light streaming inside. I feel like by the time we get all the way back there, Sam is just like, feels so small. And he's just like, oh my god. I push the door open. <laughs> One step at a time. Helena Adimari's office at the hole in the wall. She does her best to keep it very neat and very practical. There is a little box that sits on a small bookshelf that's open and full of note cards of addresses and names and various employees and resources that the Abimari family uses. There might be a couple trinkets on the bookshelf, but Beyond that, there are like some actual books. Some of them are on business, and the, and there's a few on science and theoretical physics. And she likes theoretical physics. You don't know why, but she just kind of likes it. Even even though I don't I don't know if she graduated high school. But anyway, there's even a few books on like city history, and her desk which is a very neat practical thing and this is very practical and i don't even know if it's like a traditional big desk i think it's kind of like an old-fashioned writing desk it is sort of rectangular and it sits and it faces to its side to the door it has some cabinets below and a flap that Helena can open and reveal an interior cubby 
and give her a nice flat writing space. It's not flashy, but like I said, it's practical. Um, and on the desk are some papers and a phone that sits on the top. And that phone is currently off its hook. And Helena is holding a phone in her hand with her chair angled towards the door. She holds the phone out towards you two. You take it. I reach out and I take the phone, giving her a questioning look. Do you say anything? Mm-mm. Oh, to the phone. Yeah, to the phone, <laughs> I say hello. I thought you meant to. Yeah, to the phone, I say hello. Oh, Mr. Jackson, hello there. It's nice to see you. Is Jefferson with you? You recognize this voice. I just shake my head at you. This is the voice of Gloria Adimari, the family matriarch, your boss's boss. I violently shake my head at you. I reply with the yes, ma'am. I just like to point my finger at you and clenched teeth. Wonderful, wonderful. Can, uh, can they listen in? Yes, of course. Okay, do you like angle it so that you yeah. can hear? Well, I'm sorry that I couldn't show up myself, but you know how Helena doesn't really like it when I butt in on her business. You can see Helena holding back a groan. <laughs> She's trying to look so professional, but it's not as threatening as it could be when you have to give your employees a phone call from your mother. I just like look at Helena and like just live. I'm so sorry. Put my hand up against my chest. Well, how you been? How you been? We've been great. We're doing all right. Wonderful, wonderful. I read in the news about Miss Bergamot's horrible situation. However, I did have a nice chat with my daughter, and she says that you two handled the situation. Yes, we did. Wonderful, wonderful. Now. A little bird has told me a few of the specifics of the situation, and, well, let me just say that I have a few concerns. After all, somebody coming back from the dead is a bit concerning, especially when, well, we have a few enemies that we would rather stay dead. You know what I mean. Yeah! Yes, ma'am. Well, if you two could be some peaches and investigate that for me, I would be eternally grateful for you. Of course. If you hear about any more stories of the dead coming back to life or anything similar, you have full permission of the Animari family to investigate. Yes, ma'am. Wonderful! As always, Helena will check in on you, and if anything important happens, she'll talk to me. I hope you two have a good night. You too, ma'am. Thank you very much. Have a drink at me. And you hear the phone uh, click as she hangs up on the other end. As you two share a look, the screen fades to a few hours earlier, just after uh, you opened, left the basement with Christine and Hank. We see Felix sitting in the water with the same dumb look on his face. There isn't much visible light, like um, ambient light, in the basement, but we can see as the water ripples, it ripples fast, like we're fast forwarding through time and he does not move a single inch. We close in on a pair of heels walking downstairs. There is a woman that is entering the basement. She is tall with a high-bridged nose of, I'd say, Italian origin. Very long, straight brown hair that flows at her sides. She has a pair of bifocals that hang just at the edge of her nose that give her a more studious look. She has a modest hand blouse with a brown dress that almost makes her look like a secretary but she carries an air of authority with her. She heads down stairs and through the water towards Felix. She crouches down at his level and shakes her head, cutting softly. We can't have this happen, no, can we? She 
touches a finger to his forehead and his body his clothes everything about him crumbles into dust I can't believe our first case is finally finished. It's so amazing that we've made it this far. Okay, here's the honest truth. I have nothing to say today. I have no news, no ads, absolutely nothing. But I do want to fill this space with something. So, please enjoy a few puns that I stole off of the internet. Where did Prohibition-era rodents get their alcohol? The squeak-easy. What did the bad guy use to find Scooby and the gang? A metal detector. I interrogated a member of the duck gang today. Thankfully, he quacked under the pressure. What's the difference between the government and the mafia? The mafia can turn a profit. The mafia killed a man in a rice field because of a dispute over a small trinket one time. It was a knick-knack paddywhack. What do you call a butler in the Mafia? A made man. Did you hear about the murder in the Clown Mafia? The police are saying it was an inside joke. Who was the most notorious gangster in the Cheese Mafia? Al Caprovalone. When I was in the Mafia, I was working as a welder on the side. One day, I accidentally welded two crucifixes together. My boss is going to be so mad when he finds out about this double cross. Okay, okay, I promise, I promise I'm done. On with the show! So we're going to... Skip ahead a bit in the timeline for when we start back up. It's not too far, just like um three or four days. If it's possible, I, I'd kind of like you guys to give me a brief idea of what you've been doing over the past three or four days. Like, I can consider this a downtime if you want, so then you guys can level up a bit as we do this. But I want to know what Sam and Oakland have been up to in the four days since you guys had your final confrontation with the backstage killer. Who wants to go first? So since we caught the backstage killer, I have been mostly trying to teach Frank to read, to no avail because he's stubborn, and also just, you know, doing my job and okay. wasting money on Frank. Okay, so that's probably giving attention to your, what are your logos themes? Is it? I mean, this is a downtime. And I think that to- would be bootlegging. Kind of. What does that do? What does downtime do? Okay, downtime basically lets you um, focus on something. Oh, it's it's like a montage in a sense. Basically, what happens is that like you guys can sort of focus on some of your personal stuff, like heal from injuries or. Uh, mark attention on some of your themes. There is a lot of things you can do with it. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And that would be bootlegging then, because I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with my flamboyance. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> if I were to mark attention on that, that would be all three of the painful. Oh, nice. Yeah, you can totally do that. Which means yeah. you get to upgrade! Yeah. Level up! New tag unlocked. Basic first aid. Okay, is there a way I can put a tag on one of my mythos that'll help Cameron? Like, if I have um, extra, if I create a tag that's like giving strength to someone else, could I do that? Um, once you level up? Yeah. Probably. 
Why would you want to do that, though? Because I have physical fighting moves, and you have more magical fighting moves. No, I don't. You have more than I do. I have none. I have none. None of you thought about making fighting characters. No. Well, my character has a lot of physical fighting moves, but I totally was not thinking about mythical. Well, I haven't really leveled up my mythos at all. I can fly, and I can hit with my wings. That's all I can what can I, I can do? Slap oh, you wait, with my wings. I mean, you can tell the future and convince people of stuff. Yeah, I can tell the future and convince people of stuff. And I'm really good at making deals with people. Yep. I think during like a brief little montage, you see like if this was if this was a comic book, this would be like a splash page. We see like I think as we were like teaching Frank to read, at one point he like. I think he accidentally like cut himself on something in the speakeasies. There's like a there can be a lot of broken glass some nights. I can imagine he might cut himself on something. So you end up finding like some bandages. And like we just see like mumbling as you put it on his hand or something. Noise. Yeah. And then there's like another splash panel if you're running from the cops. (laughs) (laughs) Just me like "Ah!" (laughs) Henry cares for a child. Runs from the. <laughs> oh my god! She just becomes my sidekick. <laughs> oh my god! She's just so running cute. next to you. So cute. It would be like reverse Batman and Robin. <laughs> Sam and Frank, partners in crime. Wait, that would mean Frank's the more competent one, right? No. If it's reverse, but wait, do you mean reverse Batman and Robin, as in like they commit crimes? Yeah. Or? Okay, I thought it was like Batman is Robin and Robin is Batman. No, 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 no. Just like they commit crimes instead. Okay, I was confused by your metaphor. Evil anyway, Batman and Robin. Evil Batman and Robin, there we go. Anyway, Oakland. Yeah? What do you want to do during this three to four day period between our the first case and when we're going to pick up? I want to explore more about my church. Ooh! Okay, this is actually a really good idea. We're going to I'm going to spend a little bit of time with you because this actually fits into the plan of mine. You sound Sorry, very Sam. excited right now. Yes, I am! I am excited! I've got a very nice backstory. <laughs> well, no. I don't know about it. We need to tell each other our backstories. No, we're not going to tell each other No, our I mean like our characters. Not all at once, of course. So, let's do a scene with you. You, I think it's maybe like the third day after the stuff with Christine and the backstage killer, Felix. Do you think it's daytime or nighttime when you head to the church? Um, it would be probably about dawn. The sun would be rising. Okay, like you just got off. Yeah, I I would have just gotten off and I would be looking for a place to rest. So I think we get this really nice shot of the abandoned church at dawn and a flutter of black wings as you land in front of the church doors and you can still see a few scorch marks from where you fought with Hank Hoyt a few days earlier but they've started to fade away with the rest of the grime of this district since very few people come here. I think as you push open the door and we enter the church it's bathed in a nice soft yellow light. Um, I kind of want to feel like the like the sun rises behind that stained glass window of the uh, saint lady that you talked about. So it, it's like a really nice glittery effect in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And I think just as you open the door, we see like out of the corner of the screen a flutter of fabric as someone like moves to the side. I don't think you see it though. So what do you do when you're here on? A regular day. Um, in all honesty, I don't come here on my own often. Hmm. Why is that? The church doesn't bring a lot of good memories, and even though it feels safe to be there, I always feel unwanted. Did you leave a letter there last night, or like have the has the letter from the last time you've been there been picked up yet? Um, it would seem so. Yeah, there's no letter on there anymore. What exactly are you going to do, though? Are you, like, just going to try and take a nap in the queues, or...? There's a back room where it would usually... It used to be storage. 
Okay. Um, I have some of my personal belongings there. Okay. So we follow you across the church towards this uh, back room to the side of the pew. And like, I imagine we have like the pew in the middle and then there's like kind of two boxy rooms on either side doors. And you go to one of them and we see a shot of the door on the other side and there's like a yellow glow underneath. As you open the door to like head to your little makeshift bed, you hear a scraping of wood behind you. What do you do? I'm going to freeze. I'm going to stay silent. I'm going to make sure it wasn't just my imagination. The church is silent as well for a few tense moments. And then you hear the door fly open and footsteps rushing out of the church. I'm going to look up quickly and see who was in here. You catch a glimpse of boots bolting out of the church and turning the corner. And this person's hand, you can see it like as it moves, it gets within view of you. They're holding the letter. What are you going to do? I'm going to chase after them. You book it out of the church as fast as you can. Um, you get outside, you can see this person. Um, they're dressed casually. I think they're wearing a dress, like one of those practical everyday dresses of a woman of the era. And they are just booking it down the street and you see them turn another corner. They're relatively fast. I'm going to fly after them. Okay, uh, I think this is going to be... I'm debating whether or not to have you go toe-to-toe or to mention this other thing. Go toe-to-toe. Mention this other thing. What's this other thing, Emmy? You keep running after this person, and yet in your head, as you get back to the corner, they just turned around. You hear what sounds like the trumpet of an elephant. <coughs> it's not really from any direction, it kind of feels like it's echoing in your head. And you look to your right, you see a building that was not there before. It is, I think it might be one or two stories. It's a bit of a plain looking building, but it has this, it has this quaint logo over the door, shaped like a life preserver. What I'm going to have you do here is something that I have been wanting to do for a while, but I didn't know how to implement. I'm gonna have you make a hard choice. Oh. Basically what happens here is you is that your identities and your mysteries and the current events are pulling you in different directions and you have to choose what you are going to focus on. So you can follow mystery guy and folks and mark attention on your church and your enclave team on why you don't feel welcome in the church or you can check out the building life preserver logo on it and mark attention on your on the theme that has the mystery how can i protect the world from darkness it's up to you what do you think because you are looking for a place called the preserver of life and wasn't the logo of the life preserver on the card too yes it matches. But that's really only if you want to get rid of, what's his name, Frank. I mean, you haven't been able to find this place and it suddenly magically appeared. At the worst time ever. Yeah, the worst time ever. I'm. So you could either follow this guy who has this mysterious letter that I know nothing about, or you can go into that place for life preserver. I'm going to keep following them. Okay. I feel like it'll pop up. <laughs> You feel like something tears in your chest, but you look away from the building and keep running after this person. I'm going to have you mark attention on your enclave team and fade on your on the mystery involving protecting the world. Yeah, it's going to be one or the other, man. I'm going to know. Stop my letter. <laughs> okay. Imagine if you don't even catch up. Now you can throw a go toe to toe. Oh, okay. I'm gonna mark. I'm gonna use the the, the points, right? 
the point. The the the, the tag. That's our yeah our tag. Cheese and crackers, huh? I like cheese and crackers. So do I. I'm going to use. Let us not talk about food. Black feathery wings, powerful gust of wind, what? and a clear target. And then I'm going to activate black and white walls. All right. So that's going to be a plus two? Mm-hmm. Plus two on attention on my logos. Nice. Okay. Bro. You can pick whatever new shiny dice you want. Oh, there's also the new shiny ones. Yeah, I just <laughs> Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, yes, that's going to be a pain for Emmy to listen to later. Yes, it is. Oh, shoot. Why won't my microphone stand up now? There we go. I'm sorry, Emmy. Right, let's move this. So let's move it's these. not in two. the way of my life or death roll. It's an 11. I rolled with an 11. Woo! Woo! Okay. Uh, so, uh, what options are you going to pick from Go Toe to Toe? I'm going to manage to achieve my goal. What is, is your goal? To figure out who it is. Okay, so are you like, are you like tackling this person to the ground? Are you like just kind of pulling them aside or? Pulling them aside. I don't know okay. I'm not going to just I think you have an, you get another option as well. Since you got an 11. Oh, I get two options? Yeah. I'm going to manage to achieve my goal. And get them good because I can't exactly block, dodge, or counter because they're not fighting back. Yet. Yet, yeah. So achieve your goal and stop counter attempts. Yep. So you just like grab this guy's shoulder then? Yeah, I, yeah, I grab their upper arm and I pull them over into a side alley. You like bin them into an alleyway and they like kind of slam against your chest. And for a moment, I feel like there's a glimmer of hope and a thought of maybe, but then you see it looks nothing like her. It's, she doesn't have her long golden locks or that sharp nose that you always loved. She has a flatter face and dull grayish brown hair that's pulled back a little bit and is short and cropped like the time period. She has dressed softly, like dark tones and casual clothes, but she is still very pretty. And she and um she kind of gasps a bit and tries to pull away from you, but you've got her arm in like a pretty good grip. I gave a small scowl as I slightly tightened my grip, a little offended that she tried to take the letter. Who are you? Why do you care? Because that's my letter in your hand. I'm only delivering it to a friend, all right? My grip slightly relaxes as I take a step back. And who would that be? She crosses her arms and raises a brow. She prefers privacy. I give a slight scowl in response as I let her go. Well, I would like to know if you're handing my letter to. Roll the convince quick. You only need two of those. Yeah, I know. If I put one down. You put two down. Learn how to count Natalia. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any power tags. Uh, but can I activate lack of faith? Because from doing this, I have gained a fade. Oh, okay. So can I, I can activate lack of faith, so that would be minus one. Yeah. Um, Six, nine. seven, eight, nine, minus one is eight. Eight, alright. And so does that take away your fade? No, it no. just evens it out. The woman relaxes a bit. I believe we got off on the wrong start. Give me a flower. A rose. Okay. My name is Rose. I would have said like dandelion or something like that. The description you gave really describes my really? coworker now that I think about it. That's hilarious. Imagine being named Dandelion. <laughs> like that was my first thought too, but I was Dandelion. like, I can't name this woman Dandelion. <laughs> That's not gonna work with her backstory. He doesn't know my backstory, I don't know his backstory. 
It's all good. It's mutual. We need to learn each other's backstory. <laughs> we need to talk to each other. <laughs> we usually don't. We usually just like run away. You're we bigger. We bigger a lot. Rose holds out her hand. I relax completely. My wings falling behind me, and I reach out and shake her hand. She leans down and like kisses your knuckles. What? At that, I'm a little confused <laughs> as my feathers ruffle and I pull my hand away. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's in character. How about this? Maybe I'll tell you where I deliver this letter in a while. Why don't you and I talk a bit? Talk a bit about what? Oh, you know, anything you want. The sky, clothing. She um, kind of swirls her dress a bit. Other things. I started getting a little nervous as I take another step back. Well, I'd love to stay and chat, but I actually have to be back. She smiles and then says, I know where to find you. And with that, she walks out of the alleyway and you can feel the smell of perfume trail behind her. And now we cut over to a day or two later. She's totally procrastinating. <laughs> no, I, I was not. Not you, Rose. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna right distract me yeah, so she can get like, away. Let's see what we want to talk about. Do you want to twirl my dress? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my exactly. goodness. I, I don't what I was exactly trying to get across, but yeah, it just worked too. It's definitely a little flirty. A little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> She's got the smell of perfume trailing after her, and her name's Rose, so like. Persephone? No, that, <laughs> that's not an actual guess. I, I'm trying to stop guessing. Okay. It's kind of fun that you guess, but it's also yeah. like, shush. <laughs> we cut over a day or two later to another night at the hole in the wall. Uh, all the regular. Staff and customers are there tonight. We got the twins, Pendu Bar. Christine is back to singing on stage for the band. We've got, can't remember his name. It was the Middle Eastern guy that we met in the last episode that was like outside of the casino on guard duty. Greg Calvin, that was his name, Greg. And it's also got um, Nessa Den, the uh, tiny Chinese lady that makes sure no one's cheating at the casino. Oak, I think he might be near the door, like, you know, interior guard duty. I don't know what Sam might be doing. Like, I think she wants us in the same area. Oh, you want us in the Okay. No, I'm, teaching... I'm, I'm just, I was just thinking. Okay. No, I'm teaching Frank how to read. Okay. And it's still not working because I'm trying to use the Count of Monte Cristo and not how to read enough yet. <laughs> I think you're like sitting behind the bar, like hidden from the rest of the group. Child in your lap in a giant book. <laughs> Frank like... would not be willing to sit in your lap. You sure about that? Yes. He's he's young, but he's not a toddler. So my brother's six and he still sits in my lap. He's like twelve. My cousin's twelve and he still sits and tries to Frank sit doesn't in my sit lap. in people's lap. He was an extra boy. He's not gonna sit in a stranger's lap. Well maybe that might cause him to be even more Inclined to want fatherly love. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So you're officially saying that he's our son. Bye! <laughs> he's our son. He's our son. Trying to figure out the best way to introduce us and not make it seem forced. Suddenly a man barges into the bar. <laughs> Help me! And he dies. <laughs> and he's like, I'm fine! <laughs> I do think. Don't tell me I can't die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious with the pain of immortality. <laughs> and that's how we solve the mystery, you guys. <laughs> what I was going to say is that I think um, Dorcas or Remus, one of the twins, whichever you think it is, is talking to a guy that's sitting at the bar. And Dorcas says, and I really hope I haven't given him a voice yet because I'm just going to do something. 
you're gonna have to pay before you leave. And the guy sitting at the bar, you can see him, Oakland. He is an elderly Asian man, dressed fairly casually, and he's just kind of playing with a deck of cards and has a finished glass beside him. I am offering to pay, sir. You're not offering to pay with money. That's the problem. I can't exactly accept not money. What's he trying to accept that's or give him that's not money? Oakland, you can see he smiles and shuffles his deck of cards. And then he lays out four cards in a rectangular, like, triangle, not triangle, square formation. I'll do readings for anyone who wishes. He flips over one card and he's like, ooh, that's not good. And Dorcas is, or Remus is like, why is that, why is that not good? Why is that not good? He flips over another card. Better. Flips over the third card and you, and he like cringes. And, and now both twins are kind of looking at him like, oh no, what's he doing? And then he flips over the last card, cuts a little bit, shaking his head, and looks up at Dorcas and says, You're either going to have a child or you should be arranging your will. The start of a life or an end of a life? Either way, we'll never know. Oh, wait, we will. Hey, yo, psycho, we all know it's a scam. The old man appears over the bar as best he can. He's kind of short, so it's a little tough, but I assume you kind of, like, moved to the site. A scam, you say? Exactly. Well, there's a lot of things that go on here, I've heard. He takes the cards again, and he shuffles them once more. It would do you well to remember that not all things are scams when it comes to the city. The man uh, scoots to the next seat, so he's, like, closer to you. Are you standing now, Sam? Or are you, like, still kind of sitting? I suppose I'll stand up. Okay, I was just curious. He says, I do not have much money, but what they can do is far more precious. He shuffles the cards dramatically. Would you like to see your future? I can see it right now. He smiles at you, and turns about his side is to you and does another set of four cards on one of the seats. He flips them over quickly and nods a little bit. I think the first card that he flips over is the Three of Hearts. And he kind of chuckles at that and gives you a look, Sam. Uh, he looks around the speakeasy and his eyes just on you, Oakland. And he gives you like a wink. And then he looks around and he, and he spots Frank under the table. He's focused on trying to read the book. He's not gotten far. He's still <laughs> on the same page he left him. But he uh, looks back at you, Sam. And he says, You three have a tender relationship, do you not? Uh, no. There is something there, though. I can sense it. The cards don't lie. He flips over the next card, and this one is the Three of Spades. He chuckles a little bit and looks over at Frank and says, You've been on a little adventure now, haven't you, boy? Frank looks up and finally notices the dude, and it's like, he I don't know. Like He's been spending too much time saying, "Hey, <laughs> I want this to be family friendly." My parents listen to this. <laughs> um, but then again, I think he might. I kind of want. I kind of feel like he would. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Just like you know, <laughs> squint at the old man. Just like what? What do you think you're doing? I turn to the old man. I'm like, "Hey, old man, stay away from him." I'm not doing anything to him. I'm simply reading fate. He flips over the third card in the set. And I think this one is the Queen of Clubs. Ooh. Someone very powerful has their eye on you, the young one. 
let's see what they want. And he flips over the last card of the deck. And this one, I think, is... I actually think this one, the last card that he pulls up, is the Ten of Hearts. Uh, not to worry, it's only good things. Then he puts his cards back in his little deck. What oh. was that supposed to prove? He shrugs and says, I simply interpret fate. Okay, and I can see the future. Good for you. He, he says that with no sarcasm. Oakland, have you just been watching this all kind of go down? Yeah. I just turned to the old man like, hey, if you leave, I'll just pay for your stuff. Just get out of here. The man sighs and puts away his nice little deck of cards and hops off the stool and just kind of waddles out of the speakeasy. Oh, great. <laughs> just offended an entire man's religion. <laughs> oh, well. It's probably going to come back and... What's the word? Haunt us. Probably going to come back and... Sue us. Um... One of the twins looks at you, Sam, and says, I do hope you expect to pay that man's bill. How much is it again? $67.17. $67? It's <laughs> loud, my friend. What the hell? I think like, some people turn to look at you. <laughs> oh, now I understand why that guy was being so annoying. <laughs> Is he still here? Can somebody get him back? <laughs> he left. Uh, he was going to pay with Fine, fine, fine. I give okay. Dorcas the word. Whichever twin Dorcas. it is. Whichever twin. If he doesn't have the glasses on, so he, was, he doesn't have glasses, so you assume it's Dorcas. Okay. I give Dorcas the, the $60. $67 and 13 cents. Or maybe it was 17 cents. I don't know. I'll just give him 70 and tell him to keep the rest. <laughs> um, I think, Oakland, as you're watching this weird, ridiculous scene go down, uh, one guy that's like, sitting at a table near you, he's chuckling at the scene, and he looks over at you with a bit of a tired smile, and he says, I remember when I used to get that angry. Good days. He stands up, rolls his shoulders, stretches out his back, uh, places a bill on the table, and as he passes you, Oakland, he says, if you're looking for odd deaths, call the ambulance. And he leaves the speakeasy. Why is it always you that gets the cool messages? <laughs> I'm trying to yelling at everybody. I'm trying to give you cool messages to let you send them away. Well, you know what? Some Biohito was attacking Frank. I was, he was just reading cards. Yeah, and he was being all creepy. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fair. Him talking to our son was a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need to talk about, like, buy a house or something. This child cannot spend all his time in the speakeasy. Yeah, There's going to be too many birds. <laughs> you need to get him a house next to a school so we can get him in. Is this going to become a parenting simulator? <laughs> just make him go up to the school. Just be like, just walk in the classroom. Nobody will, nobody will question it. Rolls in Here's Here's 20 bucks. Just go. If anyone asks questions, toss it out on the run. <laughs> no, that's it's lunch money. <laughs> Okay, he okay, brings okay. his own lunch. You think we're going to trust the school to feed him the right food? You're right, though. <laughs> Just give him, like, a whole thing of, like, fried chicken. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. A tub of pudding. <laughs> we're going to make him fat. <laughs> he's going to be, like, 200 pounds by the time he's 10. He's past the age of 10, people. Oh, shoot. By the age time he's 15, he's going to be, like, 300 pounds. I doubt that. You can keep being a very active boy. We're getting way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I I probably cut the episode there and move on to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Samuel Jefferson was played by Cameron Trevino. Oakland Jackson was played by Natalia F. The Master of Ceremonies was Emmy Holty. 
If you like the show, consider supporting us on Patreon at The Hole in the Wall. Our theme song was Horrible by Mela on the Free Music Archive. Come again soon. Level up. New tag unlocked. Basic first aid. Hello?